Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's going on? This is Colt Eastwood, and you're in the Xbox Newscast or the XNC Podcast. We're live here with special guest Snowbike Mike from Kind of Funny Games Xcast. We have a bunch of news, rumors, leaks, saucy, spicy stuff to talk about that's coming to us in just one week. Snowbike Mike, how are you doing today? Colt, I'm good. I get to come on for the saucy and spicy episode. All right. I, I normally get the hype in the uh, positivity episode, but I like this. The saucy and spicy will be a different take. I'm excited for this. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a good time. So uh, people might know who they who I am if they've tuned in. I'm, I'm just Colt Eastwood. But uh, tell us a little bit about Snowbike Mike. Well, wait, where's the name come from? Do, do you, is this a secret? Snowbike Mike? <laughs> uh, we can start off with the name. Let's have some fun. Of course, I am Snowbike Mike. I reside out here in Lake Tahoe, California, one of the meccas for California for skiing, snowboarding, and fun summer activities. But uh, I got the nickname from skiing and snowboarding. I got bored of riding the skis and the snowboard, and I was looking for something different, something to excite me during the winter sports. And I found a BMX bike with too many snowboards on the bottom. And I started ripping that up and down the mountain for over a decade now. And in the first year, one of my friends just looked at me. He's like, hey, it's Snowbike Mike. And ever since it's stuck. And that has been the name when I'm walking around town, people yell at me. And so it's just kind (laughs) of the name now. It's just ultimate fame. uh, Just from uh, a bike with two uh, snowboards on it. Okay. All right. All right. So that's not so uh, that's not so much of a video game thing. But uh, how did you get into the video game community? How far back does that go? Well, I've been gaming for all my life. You know, I think back to the N64 days with my mom, my little brother, my dad huddling around to play Gauntlet Legends, hanging out with my friends, of course, playing GoldenEye and Conker's Bad Fur Day were some of my favorites, along with Perfect Dark, which, uh, you know, if you're an Xbox fan, we'll talk about that eventually, which Mm -hmm. is really, really exciting. But it started in the N64 days and it just evolved. And I'll never forget when I truly was captured by video games was Halo 2 and leaving middle school to go to AJ Tesserero's house, my best friend, and we had two Xboxes, and we'd set up the LAN parties, and we'd play on Xbox Live with his older brother and his friends and our friends, and that was when it was just 
I want to do this all the time, right? And it just evolved from there into where I am today. I'm thankful to be part of the video game industry, working with Kind of Funny and being one of their hosts and producers. And it's been a really, really fun ride to look back and say, man, video games brought me a lot of friends, brought me a lot of memories, and brought me a lot of joy. And that's where we are now. Oh, that's, that is so true. Uh, Chaos Might says, shout out to Colt the podcast. Hit that like button. Yeah, you you know, you said uh, when it bit you really hard where you're playing video games. I remember the first time I, we got an NES, because I'm a bit older than you. I remember going, uh, I don't want to go to school on Monday, because <laughs> I was so hooked on playing games. So uh, what what brought you into, like, fame? Can I say it's fame? Like, what brought you into this thing where, like, you're doing a big show and people know who you are? Like, how did that happen? Like, they just pick you out of a crowd? What, what's the story? I, I It feels like a dream, and it feels like I was selected out of a crowd somehow. But how it all started was I became really close friends with the Kind of Funny crew. I really enjoyed Greg Miller, Colin, Tim, and Nick when they first left IGN, and I was behind them, right? When I think back to the IGN days when I was in early college years, it was Podcast Unlocked with Ryan McCaffrey, one of my favorite people on the planet, and Greg and Colin over with uh, Podcast Beyond. And when Greg and Colin and Tim and Nick said, hey, we're going to leave IGN to create this brand new company, I was in, right? I really enjoyed them. And so I followed them. That was back in 2015. I followed them over to onto their ah. Twitch channel. I saw what they were doing on their YouTube. And they had this really fun Patreon exclusive perk where, you know, if you support them at a certain tier, every three months, they'll give you a Google Hangout phone call and you get to hang out with the gang. And so I was really into them. And so I supported them at that level. And I remember the week before I went on Colt, they'll always tell the story. And I love telling it, too, is they always have these interactions with the fans, right, where everybody's kind of overwhelmed, right? You get to see the people you love and you don't know what you want to say to them, you're kind of flabbergasted (laughs) and a lot of emotions are going on. And I remember I'm telling this story of all the calls in the past. And I said, well, I'm going to make mine unique. I'm going to make mine special. And so when it went live, I said, Hey everybody, what's up? My name's Mike. Could you just sit down and get ready up? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, here we go. And I turned and I looked back at the podcast and I was like, What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this Google Hangout with your guy, Snowbike Mike. Today, I'm hanging out with, and I gave all of them intros. And I was like, our topic for today is this. And so I made it like a mini podcast, and they laughed, and they laughed. We talked about dumb things for years. I mean, I supported them at that tier, and I still do support them at that tier, funny enough, even though I work there uh, to this day. And so we built this rapport. I went to a lot of live shows. I saw them at events, and they were getting to know me on a personal level, right? So not only was I working on the mountain, which was one of my passions with skiing and snowboarding, but I was also hosting casino and live events around Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And so they saw me hosting these events. They saw that I was working towards this kind of hosting persona. And I would always tell them, hey, like, I want to host an esports event. I want to talk about video games. I want to do this. And so out of the blue, I got a phone call about, maybe two months or so before their last live event that they hosted. And Tim Gettys asked me, Hey, do you want to host kind of funny prom? And I looked at him and I was like, (laughs) of course I want to host kind of funny prom. I would love to do that. So really when it all kicked off and began, I got to host kind of funny prom, which was a adult themed nerd prom with kind of funny in all their community. And it was one of the coolest experiences. And ever since then it's been a roller coaster of opportunities and 
fun taking chancing moments. Wow, that's crazy. That's like uh, doing a a job interview, like a job interview test is what you did. <laughs> it felt like that, Colt. It was really cool. And, you know, you were on the Kind of Funny X cast last week, and it was fun. I got to tell you the real story of how it really began as well was I went to TwitchCon 2018 down in San Francisco, and I remember going to an esports slash hosting um, panel, and the guy and gal were up there, and they said, you know, all it took was, what are you doing right now? Like, I got a microphone, and I went out to all these events, and we just did it. And I looked at my friends, and I said, well, what are we doing right now? And they started laughing. And I was like, let's go to Best Buy right now, buy a microphone, and let's go do something dumb and fun. And that night forward, I was running around TwitchCon with a microphone, interviewing developers, wow. interviewing friends, having fun, and just acting a fool. And that really changed for me because the following summer, we went to E3, RTX, Past West, and we did the same thing all by ourselves. You just like uh, push push your way in with your personality yeah. <laughs> and charm and your experience. Like they obviously knew that uh, you had the passion, you had you had the uh, com- comfort and excitement behind uh, being on a mic, which not a lot of people like to do. But uh, holy smokes! Hey, uh, our buddy Randall Thor, you you know this guy, right? Uh, I know that guy well. Yeah, yeah. One one of my best friends. He says I love Snowbike Mike, and then he he, he lays out the uh, explanation marks. The passion from Randall Thor and Kung Fu Hot Dog says, "Hey Colt, uh, you have to get Phil Spencer on the show." Mm, yeah, that's a good idea. As I'm dying to ask him some key questions. Well, I, I want to ask him some questions too. <laughs> uh, he says Microsoft will kill it this weekend. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into that, aren't we? But Mike, they're gonna they're gonna kill kill it pretty good. Uh, we're gonna actually break that down with the best of our knowledge as as we get into this. But um, now we know where you came from, so you. Uh, you basically shoehorned your way in and worked your way in and made friends with these great people. They saw your talent. They started putting you in front of a camera and said, here, make it happen. And uh, you've been making it happen. How many uh, X-Cast shows have you done? We are now up to 44 Kind of Funny X-Cast. We're nearing our full year marker. And it's funny, the X-Cast all started with a crazy idea from Gary Witta during a Kind of Funny Games Daily. He looked at Greg and he said, why don't you have a uh, Xbox centric podcast? You have this PlayStation one. Nobody mm-hmm. ever talks Xbox. I want to talk Xbox. And Greg said, well, who would you host it with? And he said, well, of course, Snowbike Mike. And, you know, the kind of funny best friends supported that. They came into January during our fundraiser month and they put their money where their mouth is and they wanted to see it happen. And so we all met together and we asked who could be on the show to co-host along me and Gary. And Alana Pierce came up and she right. jumped right at the opportunity and, allowed us to hang out with Alana, which is like one of the coolest experiences I've ever get to look back on in life is somebody that was so talented, so smart, so fun, and also so open and comforting. Alana looked at me as a young kid who didn't know what he was (laughs) doing. Right. And was like, Hey, like I'll help you out. We'll talk it out and we'll have fun. And so I was really blessed to have Alana to kick it off with. And now I'm even more lucky now because I have Paris Lily with me who makes it so much fun as well. We like to call it uh, my Xbox and my two dads, but Paris (laughs) and Gary on either side, it's just so much fun to celebrate games with them. Talk about Xbox. Paris is just like me where he's a gamer through and through, just like you, Colt, and everybody listening of like, we're here to play games, right? It doesn't matter what console you're on. We're here to celebrate the medium. We're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy the moment. And so to have Paris on one side and Gary on the other side is you got to experience anything Gary can say anything and all of a sudden the podcast will take a left turn, but uh, it's an awesome experience. And 
We're nearing the end of a, a full year run right now. Along with that, I got brought on full time in January, which has been really cool. Now I host the daily live streams for Kind of Funny, of course, each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. We start off at 10 a.m. with Kind of Funny Games Daily, one of the world's leading news uh, podcasts for video games where they break down all the latest news with some of the biggest game pundits you could ask for. And then after that, I get to come on at 11 and just play games with the community and with the personalities from Kind of Funny. And so I'm really blessed to be in now this full-time role juggling the Kind of Funny X cast, the daily streams, and looking to continue to progress in the games industry. Do you actually even work or you just basically feel like that you're playing all the time? That's got to be so much fun. It, it feels like play cult. Is right. <laughs> yeah. it, it, there's moments where, you know, we really rack down and we, we're trying our best to make things perfect. But in all honesty, I will always remember this. I'll always smile on this moment because I was working that nine to five grinding job where, you know, I didn't want to be there. I wanted something better, but I also really, truly loved it. And it was scary to leave that job. But now oh, yeah. I'm surrounded yeah. by people that I call my family where we have fun. We interact with others and it is truly the coolest job on the planet. Wow, that's really cool. Um, let's talk about what you're playing when you're uh, working, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good so, point. A lot of my hours are with that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we've been playing lots of stuff for mm -hmm. the past, like the recent time. But like right now, what has got its hooks in you? So a couple of things, Colt. Of course, I'll keep the one that's got its hooks in me the most, the shortest, because everybody listens to me. But uh, Call of Duty Warzone has got oh, me. I uh, Still. As a young kid, I loved Call of Duty. I grew out of Call of Duty into Battlefield. I really enjoyed what Battlefield brought to that multiplayer first-person shooter. That sandbox feel, that big team battle was really something special to me. And then somehow I got back on Call of Duty. I really enjoyed the gunplay. And with the progression of Battle Royales, I think Call of Duty Warzone have really nailed what a Battle Royale and that competitive feel really yeah. feels like. And I love going in every single time my friends ask me, they're like, how are you still into this game? You can play it for so many hours. And I look at them like, it's fun. It's competitive. And every single game is unique and different to me. Right. I'm kind of the shot caller of the team. And I love being in that situation where I'm bringing up the map. I'm trying to see the rotation, see where we need to go. I've memorized all the different areas within the map and where we can turn left, turn right, get stuck in a corridor. And I love like having that balance in the middle of a crazy phonetic game be like we gotta turn right we gotta turn right and call on that so do you use, all, do you use all the military lingo when you're on the mic <laughs> like, I'm, not as good as, <laughs> I'm not as good as stone mountain i wish i could throw that out there but I, i'm more just screaming and trying to get the people moving which is cool yeah uh, me and my friends last night just got into minecraft dungeons as well oh my gosh that game i i couldn't finish it i got to the last the end part we just get slaughtered by the the, the boss levels of the very last level. I was playing Battlefield Five with a friend of mine today, and we we don't mean to, but like I feel like we're really there, and we're and we're talking like military lingo, even though we've never been in the military. I love how games do that to you, man. Uh, old Dirty Gamer says I would have never subscribed to Kind of Funny if it weren't for Snowbike Mike. Oh, Ooh. that's awesome! Thanks for taking a chance and hanging out with those guys and gals. They're really incredible. You're gonna love it. So, uh, not that you're asking, Mike, but I am totally hooked on Mass Effect. I've got probably <laughs> close to 150 hours, and I am rounding the last main corner for Mass Effect 3. I've been trying to put it off, so I'm, I, I have like a few main missions left because I've done so much other stuff. And uh, that game has taught me that that's my favorite franchise out of everything I've played. 
So I've been having so much fun with it. And people who are following me on Twitter wow. get sick of the screenshots, but the game gets me here and here and just it's just a, it's great. Uh, I can't wait for Ratchet and Clank because it's Friday. I don't know if I'm going to be ready because I need to finish Mass Effect. Are are you jumping on the Rift Apart hype train there here on Friday? Oh yeah, I'm jumping right on it right away, Colt. I'm so excited to not only jump back into that franchise again. I think the latest one really hooked me, and of course the movie to go along with it. I just love a good little cartoony, family friendly movie to go on an evening. But uh, I'm excited to see what this is all about, and also excited to see the power of the ps5 we kind of got a taste of it on the xbox side with the medium right that proof of like hey this is what these next gen consoles could do in a certain aspect and i'm excited to see what sony and insomniac can do over on that side it's gonna be really really fun oh yeah you know that's a that's a perfect segue as you say what the consoles can do because there's a little bit of controversy right now that god of war ragnarok we're gonna tie this into xbox because um we're talking about xbox but god of war ragnarok will come out sometime next year, maybe early next year, and it will be on the PS5 as well as the PS4. And there's a subset of fans that are not happy that they feel like Ragnarok's going to be held back by the PS4. What do you think about that? You know, Colt, that is a a very interesting question. And truly and honestly, you can side with both sides when you really break it down in a calm manner, right? But I think in all honesty, you see that vocal minority is what I like to call it because Honestly and truly, Colt, you know, and everybody listening knows it. The people that aren't living and breathing video games every single day who boot up their PS4, their Xbox One, whatever it may be, they're going to be really happy to know that they can play the next God of War installments right now because they might not be able to get their hands on it. And the opposite side to that, when you hear the counterpoint is, yeah, it might be holding it back, right? We're here at this next generation, right? Everybody wants to see what the next gen tech can do, the big next bad thing. And they want it right away. They want it right now. And that is totally understandable, right? I, yeah. I, I get that you paid for this. You want the next generation, but there's also a give and take on both sides. So it is tough to side with one or the other. I can definitely understand it. But for me, I'm happy that gamers will be able to play that next installment and certain other games on the generations, we'll call it, for a couple of years now, which is really exciting because I just bought my girlfriend an Xbox One when I was out uh, visiting her. And it mm-hmm. was cool to be like, hey, you can play all these games. Here's games on Game Pass. And we can also play together on a number of games, which is really, really cool to me. So yeah, I love that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is an interesting message. Um, when we look back, like we can kind of play both sides, but, you, you know, I don't expect to see next level you ne- never could happen without the brand new hardware in the first year, certainly not in the first six months. Uh, but Ragnarok comes out next year, but you talked about how it's hard to get a new console right now. Even if you're on Xbox, if there were Xbox series X and S only exclusives, you kind of run into the same problem, but I also don't think that's the only reason why they run across both, pl- both platforms. I think developers create amazing games and they know they can make it work on all the hardware and uh, they'll really start to stretch your legs the next year or so. But um, you, I want to talk about Matt Booty said something. Uh, it would probably be around this time last year. Uh, around It was time for the, the E3 showcase. He said that we will continue to support the Xbox One consoles for one to two years. And the media got uh, disappointed, right? That... Uh, Xbox was robbing the next gen experience by supporting the Xbox one, but you fast forward to now and PlayStation has had about three or four next gen only games, but 
some of their biggest games, well, all of their biggest games are cross-gen. Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Um, those are real big AAA games. So is this okay? Are you, you're, it sounds like you're okay with this, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm smiling from ear to ear because it, it was funny to look back last year when that comment was made, right? And I, I'll bring it up again, that vocal minority. And sure, some of the media members might have run around with that. But it is perspective, right? And I think Xbox did a really good job. And they have done a terrific job in their stance of clarity out going out in public and letting everybody know. I think for me as a gamer and me looking around at my gaming friends who are either in the know or not in the know with families or whatever it may be, I thought that was a great statement to say, hey, we're still going to support this. You're still going to be able to play these games. That console is going to go further with us here. And I understand what people could say, like we talked about just a moment ago of, hey, you're holding back the tech. We're not getting the biggest and the baddest games. And Mm -hmm. perfect example, Colt, here on the Xbox side, right? Halo. People can make that argument of we're not going to get the true next-gen Halo if it's on the other console, this and that, and I'm uptight about it. But really, gamers are going to win because they're going to be able to play it. And it is funny, I think, as an Xbox guy myself, a lot of things Xbox gets the shaft of the raw deal on on a lot (laughs) of uh, poor public outings. You know, I think Sony has the large player base, so you're always going to hear that majority of people on social media, whatever it may be, really bashing the other side or standing up and celebrating that. But, you know, Xbox is a smaller group after that Xbox One, you know, generation that wasn't perfect, right? I enjoyed it, but it wasn't perfect. And so when we stand up and celebrate it, there's not as many. But, uh, I mean, you look back at it now, it's just like, hey, generations are a real thing, and Sony knows that too. They wouldn't be putting God of War and Horizon on those past generation consoles if they didn't know there's a lot of money to be made and a lot of gamers that need to play these games. Yeah, I also think that, Gorilla Games and Sony Santa Monica know that game is going to be fantastic on a PS4, PS4 Pro. Like the last games were amazing as is. And um, I think that most the difference is you'll get those at 30 frames. And if you've got older hardware, that's kind of the, the, the hand you have to deal. So I just think it's really great that Xbox is up front. If you look back, Matt Booty didn't have to say we're going to support the Xbox one. They could have just kind of let it happen naturally, but that transparent marketing has gone a long way to kind of improve Xbox's image. Hey, if you're just joining us, I should say, uh, I don't know how we're, we're all about 20 minutes in here, but we've got a thousand people watching. This is the Xbox newscast or the, uh, X and C podcast. And I've got my special guest here from X kind of funny X cast. Wow. We got some tongue twisters going here. Snowbike <laughs> Mike, as he waves and, uh, we are talking about everything coming up to E3. We're going to get into that in just a moment. I see some great people in the chat. I'm keeping an eye on Mike. Mike and I are having a conversation, but over here on the chat, I see great people. I could try to name them all, but I see Fonz, Lethal, uh, Ricky, uh, Miles Dampierre, Randall Thor, uh, Iron Lords, like a bunch of people. Everybody else who I didn't name, I see your names. You guys are amazing. I'm trying to watch the chat. Uh, Mike is having fun. We are going to talk about a couple of... Uh, teases for games that are going to come on all the platforms and we're going to get right into the huge uh, xbox e3 stuff but also if you're listening uh and not watching you might be doing that on spotify apple podcasts or google podcasts like those platforms are there for on demand if you're in the uk europe australia papua new guinea or whatever you can listen to that in your earbuds the next day or the next morning so i'm happy to bring that to you because uh you guys are all amazing mike you having fun today i'm having a blast and it is <laughs> Really, really cool to see your community, who I'm a part of, right? I've been watching and listening to you, Colt, for over a year now, and I told you that. I've been 
so excited and to meet so many incredible Xbox creators and people in the Xbox community. It is a really, really fun, positive, and awesome environment to be a part of. And when I'm in your chat watching XNC, it's so cool to see the people that I love in the chat and also to see other familiar names who hop from podcast to podcast, YouTube video oh, to YouTube awesome. video. And it's like, man, like that's gaming, right? We're a community celebrating games, hanging out together, talking about video games and gosh darn I freaking love that. Oh yeah. Yes. Hey, another one of my, one of my best friends. I have, I have a lot of best friends. You have a lot of best friends too, right? But Gaz <laughs> says, Sus! uh, he's great. Oh, I was just on his show on Saturday. He had us on with, with Lord Cognito. We were talking about some of the same things. Xbox fans are stoked right now. Like they, I th- they know things are coming, right? They're excited and they can't wait to see. But there are a couple things that I want to talk to you about, uh, Mike. We've got Crisis. Crytek's been talking about a couple of different things. Have you heard some of these rumors? Uh, maybe I'll just ask you out, I out not cold. You'll have, to, you'll have to school me on this right now. I've not heard about this yet. Okay, one is, is, is pretty... Uh, it's pretty much good to go, but they're talking about making a crisis or there are making a crisis trilogy remaster. They just remastered the first one. Eh, it didn't go over so well as a remaster on PC and console, but they're talking about putting the whole trilogy. Crisis two is amazing. I hope you've played it. It's like a grown up halo. Have you played it? Uh, so that's what I was going to get into called. I'm excited about this <laughs> because I haven't played any of the crises. Oh yet. my God. It's funny. You bring this up on the next kind of funny games afternoon stream. Me and Nick Scarpino were going to sit down and play Crisis, but here's the catch. I was going to buy it for him on Steam. They don't have Crisis Remastered on Steam. It looks like it's on Epic Game Store and some other oh, storefronts. And I was like, I want to buy the remastered version because I know it's also one of those. It's like a benchmark game that Digital Foundry will always point to. They'll always talk about mm-hmm. that. So I am excited to see that, but I was a little down of like, wh- where's the remastered? And then I know the trilogy and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do here? But I will tell you, Cole, I will be playing that within the next month, and I can't wait to tell you how that experience goes. Yeah, Crisis 2 is, you shouldn't miss it. It's When I played it in 2011, I think, 2012, it felt like a really grown-up Halo game. It's just it's very similar, except you're in New York City, and these Covenant-type aliens that look a lot more menacing just drop in and start decimating everything. Great game, so I can't wait to play that uh, remaster. But the other rumor is that oh this is so spicy uh, i get i get my spicy term from miles dompierre w- windows central he's such a great dude but th- there's a rumor that crisis reboot like a, a new crisis is being built and xbox has their hands in it you probably oh, haven't heard that before i have not heard that one yet colt okay now are you telling me this would be like possible you know team coming in and exclusive or is this like they're supporting that what are you thinking there colt I'm thinking it might be something where Xbox partners with Crytek again, like they did with Rise, and okay. helps them or helps fund or publishes markets exclusive and all new Crisis reboot. And of course, Crisis is the the benchmark of first person visuals for for a shooter. You know, the guy has an exosuit on; uh, he can he can go invisible. He can put on hard armor, and uh, he it's also physics based. Like he can grab stuff and throw it at enemies. So. Uh, that would be a big deal. But there's also some whispers, which I don't believe in, uh, that they're also talking to them about bringing Rise in for a sequel for Xbox. But uh, I don't know if I believe that. But those are two spicy things that are sprinkling around right now from Crytek, who they're okay. amazing, 
amazing. Oh, that's that's a little spicy. I, I like the Crytek. I like the idea of Crisis. I, I'm into that as somebody who looks at it from the outside. But on Rise, Colt, I guess we'd have to take a, a quick U-turn here and have that conversation <laughs> because... Let's do it. You know, Xbox One generation, right? Rise, I believe, was a launch game. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that one. It's yep. been a, a long yep. time there, folks, out there. And it is a game that I did enjoy. And I think it was one where you were kind of wowed at the visuals back in the day when you first saw that, right? And so mm-hmm. I do remember, though, at the same time, it was kind of iffy, right? A little bit shorter on the story side campaign, yes. kind of in and out on that experience. And I know people weren't celebrating it as much as they used to with the other Xbox games. So I don't know if Rise would grab me, but my experience personally, I liked it a lot. So I would be into it, but I don't know if the general public would really be into that. I don't know how you'd sell that. Yeah, the well, Xbox fans are enamored of Rise. Uh, they feel like it's been underrated. Uh, it got like a 60 out of 100. And I played it uh, a few years ago for the first time. And I can see why people had problems with it. Like it, it didn't have enough variety. And the story could go somewhere. But Rise is one of those games, if they make a sequel, they have massive uh, potential to improve the game and make it a true uh, game that it should be. Hey, Scott, Scott McGee says, I love how the Xbox podcast community has blown up this past year. Kind of funny. Xcast was a nice boost. Congrats. Xcast. Congrats. XNC. You guys are doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. but I'm having fun. Mike's uh. like, he's chilling <laughs> back. Like he's just relaxed. Like, Hey, I've done 43 of these. This is no big deal. No, <laughs> I get to talk with you, Colt. That's the best part. That's what's something I've been looking forward to. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's interesting. You bring up rise and like the excitement for that. And if a rise two would be reality, I guess in my mind, right. I liked that era. I did like the gameplay. And I, I think mm-hmm. I remember it also had connect. Uh, functionality. I'm I'm a big sucker for Connect Cult. If anybody ever asked, I'm a big sucker for Connect. But uh, when I think of that era, I also think a lot of Assassin's Creed. Right, we just got off of Odyssey. It kind of runs that kind of vibe and theme for me. So from Rise, yeah. I would like to see maybe more of like a gladiator stance and like make that game in a cool gladiator arena and make it feel like Russell Crowe in the movies or something like that. That could really yeah. hit me hard if they did a twist on that. Would be fun. Yeah, there's so much potential. Odyssey is one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games. I, some people are iffy about that, but uh, yeah, there's this big potential there. So I think uh, it's one of those games that Xbox fans have been asking to come back. Uh, it was great. It was a stunner. So we've got two more games to talk about that are multi-platform. So we'll get by those real quick because I think it's kind of interesting. There was uh, news that just came out today that Far Cry 6 is going to have a fully playable third-person mode. Not just to pull back the camera and let you see your character, but actual like third person uh like ghost recon feel third person mechanics so you could play as uh this female character who's the main character and see her in action like over the shoulder wow i, I, I think okay, we talked about horror cool. cry the other day you, you've kind of been here or there on them right yeah 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 i think that might help me because actually colt i was getting a little bit of motion sickness in four with the mantling and climbing up and over the uh, rocked edges <laughs> to the point where I was like, I actually have to like chill on this. And I fell off after four. I didn't play five or new dawn. And that's funny. Yeah, you bring up yeah. a third person. Cause you know what my mind jumps to is actually just cause a series that I really love. And I like oh, just yes. cause a lot. And that mayhem, the destructibility going to outposts and shooting it up like that. That's the game I jumped to. And it's like, wow, far cry could do that. I would be interested in that then. Okay, that could really elevate my gameplay there. That's a fun one. But third-person Far Cry, totally different than anything I could imagine there. 
yeah, that I think that could. I already like the Far Cry games. I didn't get Moshe sick, but uh, uh, I think that could really elevate it. Forty Forty says, "Did Crytek and Xbox have a big falling out during the Rise development cycle?" Um, Mike, do you know anything about this? I know a little bit. No, that uh, I don't know about. That was way before I was ever really following the games industry with uh, the magnifying glass that I do now. Yeah, actually, that if you look back then, I was just kind of getting started. Yeah, like you. Um, uh, as far as I know, and the chat can help us out, Crytek had their own internal uh, financial issues they had to iron out. And that's kind of why they've been radio silent for quite a while. They're just now kind of coming back to the industry with the Crytek remaster or the crisis remaster last year. So uh, help us out, chat, on that one. That's not our expertise. Uh, one last game. I, You probably got this too. I got DM'd by the official Battlefield yes. account. Did you get that too? I got that. It looks like a, an incoming transmission is on the way for all the video game fans out there. And it looks like, I believe Wednesday was their scheduled event. So this is going to be really fun. You and I recording on a Monday, only uh, two more sleeps to go until we get to learn more about <laughs> Battlefield, which I'm pretty excited about. Two more sleeps. Uh, what's your prediction? What is Battlefield 6? You know, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm really excited. I, I'm hoping that it goes modern. I believe that is what the rumors and the leaks have suggested, of course, of it going modern slash futuristic. And I think for me as a ex-Battlefield fan who kind of fell off during one and two, I really yeah. am excited to go back to modern, right? I think I really loved it at Battlefield 3 and 4. And I, I liked 1, 5. I think I just don't think you can go back-to-back World War slash historic gameplay i think call of duty has done a good job of like hey we'll sprinkle in one and then we know where we got to go back to the bread and butter with what everybody likes and so i'm personally excited if it is modern slash futuristic as like i said i think we've seen on the leaks and the uh, rumors before but this is a big deal to me colt this is a franchise that has taken a couple on the chin similar to some other franchises we'll talk about it in the xbox one of halo that is coming up against Mm -hmm. a super giant which is call of duty right now and of course it's also a different <laughs> landscape since Battlefield was last out and really dominant in sharing the market space because now you have games like Fortnite, Apex. You're looking at a free-to-play yeah. market that's totally different in the realm of first-person shooters and shooters alike, right? Not many people, we'll talk about it more with Halo, I guess I should save that, but not many people are really truly into the 4v4 arena-based gameplay. Like People love that, don't get me wrong, but the mass audience now looks for the hero shooters, just like Overwatch, Rainbow Six Siege, right? Now you're looking at the Counter-Strikes and the Valorants. You're looking at Battle Royales, and it's this weird market. And Halo and Battlefield have a new realm to step into and see if they can establish their footing and kind of elbow some space into this and steal some new players, which I'm really excited for. But Battlefield, nothing's like it, right, Colt? Giant right. open world sandbox adventure just everything's happening only battlefield moments and it's really really cool to think about what we could see and probably what we will see i'm sure oh yeah and that game always looks so so good uh l- let's do talk about that in a second about uh battlefield going up against those big shooters because it's a packed holiday for first person shooters we'll get to that uh infinity hand says uh his wishes and dreams rise to quantum break two and record two please now those are three games that didn't rate particularly well uh, or very high or super high and didn't sell really well. So that could be kind of a tough, a tough call. Gaz says, yo, Mike, are you a bit bummed that Battlefield 6 is cross-gen? Oh, he had to ask. Oh, my God. 
You know what? You, <laughs> well, you're here at the beginning of the one because I'll tell you, I'm not mad at all. I'm actually really, really happy. I think right now where we are, we're about, what, six or seven months since the newest console release. I know a lot of people like myself are still calling it the new generation, while a lot of people calling it current and last. But really, to me, it's still too early. And I know everybody yeah. wants the next generation Battlefield, the next generation Halo. And yeah, I want that too. But right now, I want all of my friends and all of the gamers to experience that without having to pay $500 or more if they have to buy it off the scalper market, which is just tough to see right now. And so for mm -hmm. me, no, I'm happy that everybody's going to get the experience, especially like Colt said, we're going to talk about it. Battlefield needs to establish some space here. So if they came out only next gen and the population is this small, that's not going to do well for them. So I think they really need everybody here, a wide breath to help out. So let's, let's talk about that audience that they have to jump into. This, this really ties into Xbox. And we talked about this on your X cast. Uh, I I propose to you that if Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer for Game Pass propose to EA to put Battlefield 6 or whatever they're going to call it on Game Pass, it would give them a fighting chance to compete against the numbers that Call of Duty is going to see in this holiday 2021. Agreed, Cole. Uh, I think that's a big deal, right? That was something you and I and Gary talked about, and it's this weird toss of a coin right on one side it's a great idea right you further that partnership with ea you really help out that side in that franchise who's going to need some help going up against the big dog that's called duty Fortnite, and apex and you give this gigantic population a chance to go try it play it all into that subscription service which is awesome and exciting but then you and i also brought up the other side of like well i'm also putting on another first person shooter that is my game right my halo and i don't want that to be eaten away at battlefield and we had some great comments of well it's going to look really good on the holiday marketing of battlefield and halo the best first person shooters the only oh, place yeah. to play it here on this service which will be great also saw a couple other comments of like halo's going free to play and that's going to be really exciting for that game because it's going to be on steam it's going to be on the xbox marketplace it's going to just say free to play and people can download that anytime for the multiplayer, of course. But like, that's also an exciting tool that Halo is going to be able to use to really bolster that audience as well. Oh, yeah. I don't think people are ready. You know, th there's people that think that Halo is dead. They're going to see how big Halo is when it drops in that free-to-play market on all these places to play. We'll get into that. Let's talk. Uh, there is some massive E3 stuff as we're coming up. Uh, there is some news about Forza Motorsport, Forza Motorsport. Make sure I say it correctly when I'm not speaking super fast. But um, there are a little bit of teasers for this game, but we're not going to see it at E3. Do you think uh, Forza, Forza Motorsport skips E3 2021? So Motorsport is really interesting, Colt, because that is the one we saw the CGI trailer in in-engine showing off the cars and the racetrack. And that was Forza Motorsport, the platform which we're going to hear a little bit of because, of course, Halo Infinite is supposed to be a platform as well. And I thought, well, okay, they teased it last year. This would be the place to continue to show that, explain what this platform is, what's the next generation of motorsport. But for me, Colt, I've, I've never been a motorsport guy. I'm more of the arcadey racer guy. And so I've always gravitated towards Horizon, Need for Speed, Underground. Those have been the games that I really wanted. So for me to see that kind of go to the wayside, I'm not mad. I know a lot of racing fans will be, be uh, but it will be back soon enough. But if we turn our attention to Horizon, 
and that's really the deal. I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I've I have so many hours sunk into Forza Horizon series. Um, so yeah, we probably won't see Forza Motorsport. They've got a little ways to go. Um, one thing we are hearing, which counters some of our earlier talk, is that Motorsport is a next gen only title. Are you okay with that, Mike? I, I am okay with that, Colt. <laughs> I think that will that see that's a an interesting one, Colt, because I'm on two sides of this, right? One, I think that game is going to be two to three years out, right? It's not coming out this holiday season. It might be next to the following one. So in all honesty, I think that's that window that Matt Booty and the team shared of like, hey, we're going to support you for a year to two years out. We're going to make moves forward, right? I also Mm -hmm. think that the racing market is not as big as certain other titles that are way more important to have that cross-gen feel. And I think what they're doing over there at Turn 10 is going to need that next-gen true only experience to really capture what I'm looking for, right? I want those race traced Colts. I want dynamic <laughs> weather. I want splashing coming through the television at me. So I am down with that game being there. And I think the audience is a little bit smaller to much smaller. Let's all be honest with each other than certain other really important titles that probably need that big player base and that big market sale. So uh, yeah. I'm all right with turn 10 doing that. Yeah. I want that 360 Hertz tire physics that they're talking about they're talking about like this is so cpu intensive that it'll only buy, be on the next gen consoles so or current gen darn it mike what am i supposed yeah, to call it I, got- <laughs> I call it next gen calls i'm calling it next gen until i'm ready for it yeah i think it's fair actually to call it next gen until people can go out and get one one but there's when people have money in hand you know when they have 500 in hand and they can't find one for 500 man if that's uh that's not fun all right let's talk uh the latest i have to be really careful about this one mike oh okay. uh because i know uh, <laughs> i get put myself in a tough situation i know a lot more than i'm supposed to know but let's talk oh, about project okay. typhoon okay 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 so okay. you you're gonna kind of i'll lead you around to, to get a drink on this one uh do you know what project typhoon is i think we might have talked about it uh on your show so it's funny. This was the one that I came to you for more information on Colt because <laughs> I heard the whispers. I've heard the rumors. Of course, love jazz. And I always listen to jazz He's and the man. and them and miles yep. are always talking about the coolest, latest things that I want to know about, but I don't know anything about. So when it comes to project dragon project typhoon, that just was a whirlwind symbol on my emoji charge. Uh, I don't know <laughs> anything about it, but I did watch a Colt Eastwood video that might have gone a little more in depth on it to uh kind of right, what, what did but, i say do you remember now it, the chat's like spill the beans colt you know <laughs> now, i'll tell you is this the one where we're talking this is a triple a brand new ip with a focus on co-op no studio is attached that we know of right now is that what we're looking at now well, hold. Stu- yeah i mean there's a studio attached uh i don't okay. know how triple a people get really iffy about the triple a thing but okay well, I'll just disclaimer. This is what I'm hearing. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. And when I'm wrong, people let are, are sure to let me know. But uh, yeah, we're looking at a online co-op third person action okay. adventure game uh, with a strong emphasis on cooperation. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's people in the, in the chat that are saying things that I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> so you're, you're telling me that this is going to be 
Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Division 2, you and me, E3 trailer, Colt, they're on your six. I'm going to need you to move forward. Let's sync the snipe shots together. Is that, is that the kind of online cooperation you're telling me that we need to do right now? Well, let's put it this way. In the Division and Ghost Recon, you're the good guy. Oh, okay. Ooh, how about that? Okay. I, I like so that. So I've said okay. more in my, in my video, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like a... Um, uh, you know, four players getting together and uh, getting what's theirs, maybe, I guess. Uh, people okay. can fill in the blanks. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of people typing in payday, kids smooth out there saying payday three, and that's what that reminds me of is that payday experience there. And, you know, Colt, it's funny, you know, you can tease as much as you want or you can. I, I appreciate that you're at least having some fun with us, but I, I am. Wanna, tell me, Colt. I, yeah, yeah. I also want to give utmost respect to the developers who don't want their game uh, just blurted out in the open because when you're building, because we're creators, right? And when you're building something, you wanna you wanna draw the curtain when it's time. And I want those developers to have that moment. Where people are like, whoa, check that out! That looks so fun. So this game could either be, uh, or this could be like a runaway hit. And I'm hoping for Xbox's sake that they're bringing some game that is gonna be like, we, you know, Jerry. You know, Fred and and Janice, we need to get old names. We need to get on this game tonight because this is so fun to play this game together. We're having a good time. Um, I I think we're going to see this game at E3, which means Whoa. it might be coming out in the next year. I that's kind of what we're hearing. What do I know? Right? I, I'm not an insider. So. I don't know. Well, I called you an insider. I don't know on my show. So my bad, my bad. He's not an insider, folks. <laughs> I call him the biggest influencer on the planet. Well, it's- that would be something exciting, Colt, because. I am the big multiplayer ga- games guy over at Kind of Funny. I play multiplayer games every single night with all of my friends, and I'm always looking the next big thing, right? We had Knockout City, which took over the world for two weeks just to yeah. go. We had Hood Outlaws and Legends, which completely fell flat on its face, right? And I'm always looking for these games of what's the next game that me and my friends are all going to gather around and play. Yeah. And if you continue to tease me with maybe an Xbox partnership, and I think, game pass day one it makes it easy for all my friends to be able to jump in and play with me instead of all of us shelling out 60 dollars, which i love yeah oh yeah uh well when you say something about the studios uh it's possible there's more than one studio in this that's attached to this project typhoon okay Uh, Okay. yeah i mean people have their guesses and if you do enough digging you know that's that's the nature of getting information from people who've talked to someone who talks to someone who talks to someone there's a loss in translation but like as far as what i'm hearing and what we're hearing is that this could be some type of acquisition that brings more than just one studio which when you look at this like how many of those games would be big some could be really big some could be smaller but you just think about all this content that's constantly going to be coming day and date included with your game pass subscription for 10 or 15 bucks depending on what uh which which model you use or or pounds or whatever your currency is uh i respect there are tons of people from all over that listen to our shows so uh your currency is your currency and hopefully you have enough to buy and play games right no doubt so game pass always helps with that that's for sure it does i mean when you look at it i think that's what we're going to hear a lot at this e3 in just six days is that xbox is going to have more games than you can possibly schedule yourself in uh, so you better watch out. Uh, here's the next one we'll talk, uh, talk about. This one has been talked about for a couple weeks. It sounds like Arcane is working on Omen, 
which mm-hmm. is a vampire game. What have you heard? You've you talked about this. We, we talked about this. This was one that, of course, I listened to over on the Xbox Two podcast with Jazz talking about that. And it's also one we saw as well with the Arcane teams because there is two teams. A lot of people hear the name, but they don't understand that there's multiple teams on that in different locations. And we knew one team, of course, was working on Deathloop, going to be a timed exclusive. And the other team, the actual director came out and spoke about it. Then they were asking him questions about that. And so it's cool to hear a little bit further detail on what it could or maybe not is. But I do like the idea of vampires. I really enjoyed what we played with Prey. I enjoy the lineage of what that studio has done with, of course, all their franchises and game tags. But, uh, you know, vampires is one for me, Colt, don't see that much of, right? In the video game space, I think we don't get many vampire truly experiences. And so I can't imagine something like a Dishonored or maybe a Bioshock type level of game where it has that feel, that look, and you are vampire with different abilities. That would be really, really cool if that were to be true. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how far they expand that, you know, because uh, you, you wonder if it's just biting and <laughs> and grabbing somebody. But there, I don't, I'm not really privy to the uh, vampire lore, so there's probably more mythical powers and and more things besides just sucking blood off of somebody's neck. So yeah, yeah. interested to see what this is. You know, uh, one of my favorite shows right now on Hulu and FX is what we do in the shadows. And I could imagine uh-huh. having a fun looking game similar in the setting of like a dishonored, but instead of like a really down to earth, I'm going to be a vampire and suck your blood. What if they did make a more fun compulsion esque we happy few vampire game set in the, what we do in the shadows universe could be really, really fun. That would be a cool jokester game. That kind of reminds me of that masquerade game they showed last year that is, has yes. been delayed. Yeah. That, that's when you said we don't see many vampire games. That's the only one I can think of. There was another vampire game that came out like two years ago that I don't, not a lot of people played, but the chat will tell us, but people are showing their love for, uh, for prey and arcane Paris in the chat says, <laughs> love how Mike can't help help, but he's a dope host. <laughs> Yeah. I wish uh, you were here, Paris. I love whenever you're joining me hanging out. It's right. Oh, man. This community is amazing. So, yeah, they've got the uh, the vampire game. Uh, let's talk about Obsidian. We're going to actually, we're going to get into each one. That's one thing we're going to get that Mike and I are going to do today. We're going to run down the list and talk about what's going to be there and what won't be there and what's being worked on. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, let's talk about what's missing at E3. Okay. Uh, have you given this some thought, Mike? What do you expect to? What would you not be surprised? I suppose that doesn't make a showing. So the big things I won't be surprised that don't show up, right? And this is one we had a great conversation over on the kind of funny X cast about when do you announce a game? How much can you really tease us with CGI trailers before we just scream at you? I want gameplay and a release date. And so when I look at that, I do think of uh, the big three is what I'll call it right now in my mind, and that is Fable. Perfect Dark, Elder Scrolls 6. These are all things that we have now been teased for. These are some of the biggest projects in the video game industry. And these are also things that are probably a ways away. And it's going to be one of those games of me personally. You could continue to beat me over the head every year with a CGI trailer. I'd love to see Joanna Dark over and over again. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know the world that we live in, we've moved away from that and the teases over and over again. So I think your big three for me personally 
Fable, Perfect Dark, Elder Scrolls 6, all out the window. Now, there's some mid ones, mid tier games that we I can flip a coin on there, Colt, that I'm sure we'll talk about here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think, uh, I, I think most people agree that they are not expecting certain games to be there. Uh, but then, then there's those people that just are holding out so much hope that Xbox will show just a little bit of, of each one. If you're just joining us, there are over 1,500 people watching live on YouTube. This is the XNC podcast. I am the host, Colt Eastwood. I'm trying to be a host, and I'm here with Kind of Funny Games, or Kind of Funny Xcast, I guess we'll call it, uh, Snowbike Mike. He's here on, on the mic. If you're listening just audio only on demand, you may be on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Thank you for checking that out. Hope the audio and everything sounds great. You can follow along of all the crazy rumors and predictions and uh, ideas for E3. Um, great chat. Having a great time. Let's talk about uh, Obsidian Entertainment. It sounds like they've got their hands in way too many games to be possibly put out right now. What are you hearing from Obsidian Entertainment? It's crazy to learn more about Obsidian and think of the lineage, which to me was Fallout New Vegas, right? That was the game that I fell in love with. That was the game that I'll always hype up and talk about when we talk about Obsidian. And when we continue to talk about them in the Xbox world and you do the research, you listen to the different insiders, it is wild to hear that this studio is so well ran. It continues to pump out games and people are referring it to it as the workhorse studio. And you kind of said that cold. It's like, do they have their hands in too many games? Because (laughs) when we look at what they're doing right now, all of a sudden out of the blue, there's an outer worlds two situation going on, which sure that could be kind of put two one and two together. They just did that. They could probably continue to build off those assets and move forward. But like Mm -hmm. you didn't expect that after they showed off avowed and we continue to look at what they're doing as I bring up my Xbox guide slowly in the background, but like we looked at avowed (laughs) and grounded, right? There's that game cult that I know you really enjoyed a small team from that squad where that's not even at 1.0 yet. Right. And so how much work do we continue to put into that? I would hate for it to see it become a bleeding edge cult. You know, if we rewind, we look at bleeding edge, right. And that was the same thing from Ninja theory. Could grounded be like that if they have their hands in too many cookie jars. Um, I mean, there's not a lot to say about grounded other than, it's been received pretty decently as a preview game. Uh, there's a lot of things it needs to do. I, I play it about once a week with my nine-year-old son. And um, there's just something special about that where I feel like my son and I are shrunken down in, in, in this backyard and we are in danger. He's, he's in the other room, the family room. I'm here in the studio game room playing the game. We're on the headset. Uh, it's a really cool experience. That game's really unique, but that's 13 people working on that game. And if they're working on this massive Skyrim-like AAA RPG, like fantasy RPG called Avowed, how in the world are they're supposed to talk about Outer Worlds 2? Like, doesn't that sound like way too much for one studio to do? Uh, crazy cult. Wild stuff cult. And out of the blue type stuff cult. Like, like you said, here's this big game and that we're all looking forward to. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, we're also doing Outer Worlds 2 would be outrageous to hear right now, Colt. Yes, yes. Captain Duffy uh, sends a $4.49 super chat just to say, hey, I'm here. He's got uh, another one. He says, hoping Bethesda and Arcane do more third-person action-adventure type stuff. He's right. They typically do first-person on a lot of their big games. PlayStation Studios really nailed that genre, and this could be Xbox's staple. Yeah, I 
yeah, I, I want to see more third person. Uh, what do you think, Mike? What do you think about more third person games on Xbox? hundred percent Colt. It's funny. I was thinking about seeing you this afternoon. And of course, just like any Xbox fan, we always talk about the simple argument of people yelling, Xbox doesn't have games. And we always say, well, that's not true. They have a lot of games, but you're probably comparing it to the other side of PlayStation where they have incredible third person action adventure games that you know and love like uncharted and last of us. And yes, they're lacking in that subject. And that is something as an Xbox fan for me, there's always been two areas that I want Xbox to improve upon third yeah, person and, action games and family friendly platformers. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I typically don't sugarcoat it because I basically look at it. If, if Xbox has three great games, PlayStation typically puts out, you know, eight to 10 great games in the same amount of time. I've seen that quite a bit, and I know people like to uh, exaggerate uh, the level of what's great and what's not, and what's there and what's not. And then they move the goalposts and they value judge different. They put different criteria on. Oh, it's not a new IP. Oh, it's it's just another this or that. But um, PlayStation's done some great stuff. I also feel like Xbox can't always just chase PlayStation. Like they're doing their own thing. I want them to do it the best they can. Uh, let's see. Nordic Black says. Uh, here we are another week. Uh, good luck for next week, brother. I didn't know what Gluck meant. I almost said just Gluck, and it sounds like a bad word. <laughs> good luck for next week. I'm sure it'll be crazy for you. Yeah, we're Mike and I are going to be super busy. I'm so nervous for E3 because it's like it's the it's the Christmas moment uh, where you don't open up presents, but you're super busy in the best way possible. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got over 1,500 people watching. We're having a good time here with Snowbike Mike of Kind of Funny X Cast. He's talking E3 with me. He's learning a few things. He's teaching me everything else. And let's talk about the next studio on the list, uh, the Coalition. What Ooh. in the heck is the Coalition doing? Will we see the guys and girls from Coalition at E3? Well, it sounds like we will not. I would not be surprised. Of course, we do know that Gears 5, as it is kind of going its charted course and slowly ramping down, wouldn't be surprised, Cold, if we came out with a another multiplayer campaign update, right? They always talk about the different little campaigns that they do, the seasons and so forth. So I wouldn't be upset or wowed by that, but I think they did come out and say, hey, we're ready to move on to Unreal 5. We're all going to make the move. We want to continue to do that. And we might also be working on another project, which I know we all are speculating and hoping it could be something really cool, but I don't, I'm not hanging my hat on the coalition to be there, even though they are one of the big pillars Gears 5 and Hive Busters were both great. The multiplayer continues to live on. You're either in that ecosystem or you're not, but I will not be wowed if they are not there. I won't be upset. Okay. Uh, th- this next Super Chat actually reminds me, there's there's a big chunk of games that Mike and I can't talk about because it's impossible. Xbox makes multiple partnerships. They have global publishing. So this one from Nedrick Johnson kind of gets in that category. He says, Killer Instinct with the arc system behind it would be the dream. Uh, this goes into Xbox partners with these studios to create some of their IPs that persist. Killer Instinct doesn't persist. Uh, you fighting fan? Is that are you good at this stuff? Uh, I am awful at a fighting game. I'm awful <laughs> as a fighting game player. I have actually purchased a fight stick just to pretend to smash the buttons and hope that I gotten better. It was a bad investment. It didn't make me better. I'm actually worse at it now. Um, but you know what? Killer Instinct is an interesting one, Cole. I think it holds a lot of older generation gamers at heart because they really know it and love it. For me personally, I grew up with 
Tekken and Mortal Kombat and Dead or Alive mm -hmm. being the hottest things, right? And I think, honestly and truly, Mortal Kombat for me will always be the fighting game I want to play. I mm -hmm. understand Killer Instinct has the cool Xbox IP tie-ins, but I mean, you know, we talk about WB games. We think of NetherRealm Studios, you know, maybe Phil and the team just, you know, splash the cast and just buy Mortal Kombat instead. You know what I mean? Oh, that would be cool gosh. as well. Oh my gosh, that is such that a... That would be uh, cool as well. I know, it's so crazy. Like, I mean, that's... That's not impossible for Xbox to buy some of the WB studios. We haven't heard anything uh, substantial, but uh, there's all these <laughs> there's all these franchises that could come to Xbox. I don't think this one could come to Xbox, but Gaz says Jet Set Jet Set Radio Future Two. I would sacrifice my liver for it. <laughs> that, that's another game that's that's pre my time in, in a time when I wasn't playing games. Did you play Jet Set Radio? I have played Jet Set Radio in the past a long, long time ago, and it is pretty incredible that there's a lot of people, like we talked about, who hold some of these older IPs so near and dear to their heart, right? Mm -hmm. I continue to beat the drum for Conker's Bad Fur Day. I love, you know, One Darn Versus you. 100. I love Fusion, <laughs> Fusion Frenzy, and it's just like, you hear some of these and you laugh, you're like, that was a moment, right? Jet Set Radio was a moment. Could it come back now in today's market? I, I personally don't think that's the move, but, you know, it is fun because what if it does? And what if it wows us all, right? We've played some really great games and it could be the one, but I, I would not be going Jet Set Radio if I had my one IP I could bring back personally. <laughs> well, you never know, right? Like some game comes out and, and you got a game where all these weird little bubbly dudes go up a ramp and knock each other off to try to get to the finish line. And who would have thought that that would be like one of the hottest games in 2020? Of course, that's uh, Fall Guys, right? Exactly. So, Fall I mean, you never games. know. And I feel like the approach to Xbox is sometimes some of their stuff they throw out there is like, what if we make something like this and it becomes a hot hit and then they're making the big stuff and then they're making the medium stuff. Uh, let's see what's next on the list. So I'm looking over here. We talked about turn 10 already. Uh, oh, our, 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 our boys rare. Let's get into rare here in a second. Totaling Wolf says, which big studio do you think Microsoft should buy next? Mike, I'm gonna leave that one to you. Well, I did bring up nether realm. So I'm going to continue oh, with that one. I do uh, I do like that, especially with the fighting game world and everybody yelling killer instincts. So I'll, I'll feed you all with that one and just say I'd get behind that as well. Uh, that would be my one for right now, I think. There's a lot of, really a lot of cool ones when we bring up that third-party area and we talk about like what cool developers could you bring in and help publish their games and give them that platform to be like, hey, mm -hmm. get creative and get awesome. That's something that Paris always talks about on the kind of funny X cast is like, you know, Microsoft is bringing you under the umbrella and giving you stability and giving you the chance to create something truly different and awesome, not be afraid to fail. And so, you know, it is really funny to think of the different ones you'd love to see. And after $7.5 billion Colts, it seems like anything is possible now. <laughs> it does. You know, I, th uh, I'm sure. Every ah, somebody just said it. Uh, Sean Ferris says rock steady, the team behind the Batman Arkham games. That uh, would be, that would be great. It's just, tough to imagine xbox buying something so big as a mortal Kombat team and ip and it would only be on xbox but here's the kicker mike if if something like mortal Kombat was xbox exclusive you could play it on pc xbox one xbox series consoles on mobile devices via x cloud game streaming like come on like i i think if xbox goes to these big studios and says hey we want you here they know that they're not hidden in one little place 
So uh, let's see. I think uh, we're all caught up. Let's talk about Rare. Rare's working on uh, two things. Uh, what are they working on? What have you heard? So heard Rare right now, from what I have under my thing, of course, is Everwild, the game that we all have seen a bunch. We all continue to say, hey, that looks really cool. But what the heck is it? And <laughs> when are we going to know more about this? And so Everwild is always on my list of what the heck is going on? Will I ever learn more? And now there's a rumor that we might not even see Everwild at E3. And that would be kind of stunning to me, Colt. I think this mm-hmm. is a game for me as an Xbox fan and somebody who keeps tabs on Xbox. This is something where I'm like, no, no, you're getting out on stage and you're telling me what this is. You're showing more <laughs> because it is time, right? I, I can't keep going on knowing what that frog thing is and all of the different animals. So <laughs> the I, frog thing. <laughs> yeah. The Everwild team, I, I got to say, you're coming out there, you know? And then of course, Ongoing updates with Sea of Thieves will 100% hear that. That is a game that has really changed and charted a course to success, which we're all really impressed with and happy with. If you played it or if you haven't played it, that's a game where it's like, dang rare. You really did a good job at fixing that one and making it great. So good for them. But I don't know anything else out of rare that I had written down besides just the Everwild one in my mind right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know about, I'm not a big Sea of Thieves fan. I've played it several times, tried to get into it. It's not my thing, but I, I have an on wonder for what it does. Uh, and one of my good friends, Zocker 87, that I podcast with great YouTuber, he is a diehard fan. So there is a big, uh, collaboration going on that we'll see next week. Uh, a big thing that is going to be tied in to Sea of Thieves that will get a lot of people jumping on the game because they'll be big fans of uh, one or the other. So we'll see that. That's one of those things that I've, that I've heard about that I won't spoil here. Um, that's for us to get excited about when we see it on the stage. Um, I was going to ask you about what do you think Everwild is? Like, if, have you thought about like, what would I compare it to? How would you describe it to the audience here? You have 1,500 so, people watching. They're yeah, probably yeah. wondering what Everwild is. One. From everything that me and my friends have watched from what they've shown of Everwild, I think it is, I, I want to say quote-unquote safe to assume, of course, these are all just CGI trailers. We don't even know what it is. But it is probably safe to assume it's a four-player co-op game experience, right? When you look at it, there's four different characters on the screen, yeah. each one in a different colored cloak. It looks like you're going to be able to tame animals by our kind of you know breakdown of it. If you see each character has a different kind of cool, majestic animal around them. And what will it be? I don't know, right? I have to go off of what I've seen with Sea of Thieves and assume, okay, well, and then I'm going to put a open world kind of monster hunter-esque type <laughs> of video game is what I'd like to see, right? Where maybe you're taming beasts, maybe you're going out and defeated corrupted beasts, saving the world from a gunk, you know, like the gunk video game, <laughs> who knows? But I think when you really break down what you have seen of that, it's probably safe to put your money down on like, yeah, it looks like this is going to be a multiplayer game with four different people running around this beautiful open world. And it's going to have something to do with animals in the environment is probably my best bet here. Yeah. Do you think there's any uh, world building like um, like you would in like Conan or Ark, like where you you use the animals to break down stuff and carry and build a fortress like I, they didn't show anything like that. But somebody explained the game that they think it's a god a God game, which that's that's new to me. It's so weird. We don't know anything about it. Right. That's the one called, like we said, it's like, when are we going to learn more? Right. And if they skipped out on this E3, it'd be wild to think we're going to go possibly another year or more 
without learning about this game, right? And that's something yeah. we can also talk about. We'd love to see Xbox maybe really elevate those inside Xbox presentations and maybe find a better cadence of doing this more often, giving us the developer diaries that we really want to know about. Whether you like those or not, it'd be really cool to keep tabs on the studio. Yeah, I love them too, is right. So I think it'd be one, but I like that idea of the world builder. I think of Ark and I think of a game that took over the world just recently, Velheim. Velheim was a real special world builder similar to Ark over mm -hmm. on PC that a lot of people got attached to. And so if you could give me a Sea of Thieves type world, rare behind it with these cool majestic animals in a cool setting, mm -hmm. I think you might get a, a good receptance to that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think um, that's just something that it, we're going to have to wait a while to see. But um, Rare does make some really interesting things. They're not interested in going back and working with their old franchises. So if people are wanting Viva Pinata and, uh, oh, you know, oh. Banjo-Kazooie, like they're going to have to ask some other studio. And there's some studios that would be like tailor-made for that. Uh, Danima says in the Super Chat, would buying the DC gaming rights be a huge set get for Game Pass? Would it honestly be worth it? It would be a counter to Spider-Man. Hmm. Yeah, like what's the last big DC game we've had besides uh, Batman? Uh, well, of course, Injustice was really, really good. A lot yeah, of people oh, yeah. loved Injustice, yep. so we, we definitely can give some love to that. And I think we'll see it with the Suicide Squad. We'll see it with the next oh, yeah. Batman game. Of course, Gotham Knights coming up soon. And so there is a lot to be said about DC, and I think... Jez and Rand put it best on one of their recent Xbox Two podcasts of it's great to get all these studios and such, which is a lot of big things there. But also this is a battle for IPs, right? And it's yeah. something to be said of like, you're looking for that IP. You're looking to be able to build off of that. And what has that kind of sway and stuff? Of course, you can compare it over to the TV and entertainment industry with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. They're all battling for that killer IP that you all know and love and DC is a massive one, and how you could pull that off, only Phil Spencer with his gigantic galaxy brain could make that happen, as Gary Whitta would say. <laughs> galaxy brain and his uh, thick wallet, right? Yes. Uh, it's really cool to see Xboxes. We make the jokes about it, about the spending, but it's really good to see Xbox wants to make that upfront investment because they know that their fans have tons of games that they want to play. And we always forget about the multiplats. Like when you bring up Suicide Squad, I don't know how great that game's going to be, but it fulfills like some of those uh, those games that we want to play and the different types that aren't exclusive because most of the games are multi-plats. Totally Wolf says, I heard a rumor, probably BS, that Microsoft wants to buy Epic, <laughs> I don't think so, to gain control of the Unreal Engine. Do you think Microsoft would even be allowed to do that? I would bet that Microsoft would not want to do that. Mike? Yeah, uh, that's that's going to be a big bill. That's going to be a big bill, my friend. That is a dominant force there. I, I don't think that will happen. I think that's just going to be a rumor BS in the mill, but uh, that would be a wild one. That would be out of left field. I, I don't think so, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gaz says, he sends a super chat. He says, Mike, do you have an OnlyFans? I think he, he means like you doing a, a shirtless run on your snow bike. Mm, shirtless. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, but of course you can catch me having fun on Twitch, twitch.tv slash snow bike, Mike, anytime. Come on by. Uh, I can show you my cool shirt. backgrounds. Yeah, exactly. I got my cool <laughs> shirts on, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, so uh, we'll bring we'll bring down the mood with the next somber studio, Ooh. Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory with their the, the stuff they're working on right now is not so uh, wild and crazy and colorful as Bleeding Edge, but they have a very somber set of games. Uh, will we see Ninja Theory at E three? 
you know, that's an interesting one there, Colt, because that is the showcase piece that really introduced us to the next generation of Xbox hardware with Hellblade 2. And that was one at the Game Awards that kind of stole the show and was something special there. But uh, now we're hearing conflict. We're hearing reports that it's not going to be there. And it's kind of understandable, Colt, when you think about it, because it's going to run off of Unreal Engine 5. And they just came out with Epic saying, hey, we're just slowly getting into people's hands now. So that kind of leads you to believe, well, where are we with this game, right? And so yeah. Hellblade for me is one that, of course, I'd love to see. I think everybody on the Xbox side would love to see. Ninja Theory was a gigantic get for them. And it's a big deal to have Hellblade over here. Um, but if they're not there, it's totally understandable with where we are with the new Unreal 5 rollout. I also am really interested in Project Mara and Project Insight, right? These don't have to be really games, but how they elevate their engines and what they're building off of. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've kept tabs on their developer diaries, but that's a team that puts out incredible developer diaries that will absolutely blow your mind. Of course, them showing off that apartment that is in real life that they're bringing to the game and they could show you scenes where you think it's real life, but it is the game and what it could be real life, but it's not the game. Hyper-realistic, yeah. Yeah, it's building something really, really special. And I am interested in keeping tabs on those two projects and where they go, what they become, because this studio is clearly working on something that is going to be outrageous and really change the gaming world later on. And that's the kind of tech that you want to see as we progress this medium. Yeah, they're very, they're very serious studio. Uh, I can't remember his name. Darn it. I've been watching developer diaries, but there, there is a gentleman that is running that studio. He's, he's like so passionate and, and, has like so much love and he's been working with Melinda Jurgens. Uh, if I, if I said her name, right. Uh, who's, doing, who's playing Senua and they're just like pouring their guts into this game. Unfortunately, Hellblade two came up in that point of development when you're doing mocap, when you've got people in the studio, you've got cameras, your hands on. And they did, they got to that point when they're hands off during the COVID lockdown. So <clears throat> uh, Hellblade has seen a, a delay because of that. So, uh, I've got a Cali 486 says, Hey Colt, I think the acquisitions will slow down for studios. Sarah Bond is moving to GEO. Microsoft posted an M&A director job. He just said like uh, a bunch of acronyms that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, GEO, general, uh, I don't know. Uh, Matt Booty can't manage that many studios. I have heard that Matt Booty is like at capacity. He is dealing with um, how many studios do they say they have? before bethesda uh matt booty was overseeing 15 by my count before bethesda right and then, of course so, that then developed with more studios within each one so to give people an understanding of, of what that means when uh when when somebody says matt booty is working at capacity uh he was set to work with all these studios but he's in this situation now where it's not very well <laughs> plainly put you can't go to visit a studio somewhere around the globe and sit down and talk to the teams because most people are at home so it's not very easy to say hey i need to make a trip to uh this country to go see i need to go take a trip to the uk to go visit playground studios because if you go there hardly anybody's in the studio everyone's most people are at home so that is like the 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 problem they're dealing with but uh bethesda is managing their own thing and this stuff will kind of work its way out, but this is like a super busy time. Contrary to the belief of what people think about Xbox having games, they've got a ton 
right now. Um, I want to make sure I haven't missed any of these super chats. Um, there are a couple here. Wesley Keener says, do you think we'll see Xbox release VR support this next year to match PlayStation VR in the market? Mike, give him an answer. Uh, that is going to be a hard no for me. I don't think that is in the cards Same. in the next couple of years here. Uh, the VR market is cool, exciting. I don't think it is the end-all, be-all takeover like we want it to be quite yet. And Sony got in pretty early at that ground floor and is continuing to try and grow that. We've others seen on the opposite side over with PC and the different VR headsets are doing well. But I don't think Microsoft would jump in this early knowing where we are right now. I think it's just a little yeah. too early. Yeah, keep in mind that PlayStation is hitting 5% of their customer base with PSVR. So um, I don't know how that how that does for them as far as an economic return on investment. But uh, I'm not a big VR fan, but I'm also a fan of letting people play how they want. I sort of feel like Microsoft says, well, if you want VR, we do that on our platform on PC. Not, the, that, not a good enough answer, but not right now. I agree with Mike. Uh, Jerry... Jeremy G says, hoping Hellblade 2 can be mentioned in the same breath as Sony's third-person action-adventure games. Mike, how's Hellblade going to look, in your opinion? What do you think? I'm going to tell you this, Jeremy. After Hellblade number one, I believe it will, because Hellblade number Mm -hmm. one was something that was really celebrated and something really special around that PlayStation side before it came over here, and I think you will have that, right? Me and Colt kind of touched on that third-person action-adventure game, and I think Hellblade will fit right into that along with hopefully maybe a perfect dark, who knows what that will be, a fable, you know, you can go down the list, and I think they will hit that market that everybody has been dying for, but also, as Colt said it so well, you don't have to chase it, you don't have to overdo it, you have to stay in your lane and do what you're doing, but I think they're going to hit that, and I think Hellblade will fit right in with that, it's going to be incredible for sure. Yeah, I remember Digital Foundry picking apart that trailer in 2019, and they were incredulous that it was running in-engine, and it turns out it was, so I think they're getting ready to surprise and shock and awe people, the visuals. That's a good thing. Jeff Grubb says, love you, boys. Ah, uh, we can take that to heart. Jeff's amazing. He's been on the show. Jeff is so fun to listen to. I want to have him back on, uh, hopefully very, very soon. Psychonauts, always see him in the chats. He's great. He says, hello, Colt and Snowbike Mike and everyone in the chat. Just fish- finished watching the E3 prediction video from Fun Speculation. He's another guy in the community. You killed it, Colt. He put together an hour-long conglomeration of a bunch of people in the community giving their predictions for E3. So I'll have to – I started to watch that before the show went up, and I'm like, an hour? I got to get something to eat first, so I'll get to that. (laughs) Right now, uh, Quilinido says, what if Microsoft makes a deal with Facebook? Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. To bring Oculus support for series consoles. Opinions. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think Oculus is one of the best VR setups you can go for. They definitely have shown the tech is there and it wouldn't be a bad partnership in my mind at all. I still believe it is too early to really worry about that or put any sort of focus into that, especially with what Colt just said, right? With these 23 studios and where we are moving forward in an ecosystem, but it would be a nice added layer. I don't think it's time yet. Also, is everybody still cool with Facebook? I thought everybody hated Facebook. Isn't <laughs> I know it best that was to avoid the- that, right? I know that was the one that was the one caveat there. I, I'm sure he feel, probably feels a little bit the same. Like, uh, you know, we don't use Facebook all that much. <laughs> Didn't they say something weird too, Cole, where it's like, you have to have a Facebook account at a certain date for like, for you to access it. And people were like, well, that's not happening, dude. Like, no way. You know, I wonder if they yeah. step back on that. 
Jez Corden of Windows Central is a really great ambassador of keeping people online and clean and clear, and uh, he's not cool with that. So he's written some good articles and has some good takes on social media, kind of getting people aware of what that means with Oculus on Facebook. Uh, Bring something to Instagram, I don't know. Aren't they all kind of tied in their own way? Uh, Stealth Dragon for Life said, Hey, Colt, when can we expect Xbox to implement YouTube streaming on Series X? Thank you. Great channel. Thank you, Stealth Dragon. Uh, Mike, do you know why you can't stream on YouTube through your Xbox console? So I take that as you're saying to me why I can't stream like I would be live streaming to a Twitch and Mixer type situation, correct, Colt? Is that the question that's asked You can't load up your game and and load up the YouTube app and stream, or you can't load up the streaming service and use YouTube as a, like you can on PlayStation PC. Yeah. Oh, really? So PlayStation PC, you can do that on YouTube? Because I would flip the question and say, wouldn't that be more of a YouTube situation? I yep. don't know on that. So I'm it not is. quite sure on that one. I did love, I mean, I started Twitch streaming on my Xbox one many years ago, and I loved the integration that they yeah. had with streaming and how you could kick that on and anybody could become a streamer with or without a camera, without a mic, whatever. And I love that tech and I, with the, Hey, shout out to my two connects in the closet. I love you both. Um, (laughs) But it's one of those of like, I love that. And I think that is something, unfortunately we saw the end of mixer, right? The rise and fall of that. And I think Microsoft might've taken that one on the chin of like, well, that really sucked. Right. And we know we're out of that market, but I think they need to do that. No matter what console you're on, you should continue to push that tech forward because streaming is something that everyone wants to do. Everybody should be able to do. And I love that you can stream right from the console. So yeah, if you're into YouTube streaming, I hope they do do that for you. I don't know who would be on that to flip the button, but I'd like to see that. It's It's Google's problem. Yeah, Google doesn't uh, get along with Microsoft too well, so they've been dragging their feet or just basically planting their feet. Uh, I got a couple more than I think. Uh, We need to get into the rest of these uh, these yeah. predictions and discussion. Uh, Marcus races Colt. Who's their strongest developer? Xbox has with their twenty three internal studios. In your opinion, and how do they stack up Sony? Uh, let me answer this real quick. I think you either had Bethesda Softworks or Coalition. Mike, who do you think their strongest studios are that are competing with uh, the rest of the world? Xbox. Yeah, I make that as a joke. I mean, everybody, oh. <laughs> right? Like all 23 studios, that's what makes them strong. Each one is so it. unique and different. And yeah, I, I was trying to make it fun out of that one, Cole, because that is tough. I go down all these studios and each one is so unique and strong. And yeah, we could put one that's like a naughty dog level when we compare apples to apples. But in all honesty, all of them. But yeah, you're probably right with Bethesda Gameworks. I love Playground Games is something that should be marveled at, right? What Ninja Theory is doing. Three four three, yeah, yeah gets games. a bunch, but you know they are carrying the Halo mantle, and that is the goalpost. That is the flagstaff for Halo or for Xbox. So we got to talk about them, good and bad. So it's tough, but yeah, all of them is what I'd say. That's the easy answer. <laughs> That's great because uh, Truth Teller says you think Xbox Studio heads can manage a few more studios under their umbrella. Seems like a huge task. Uh, yes, it is, and uh, they have to do it anyway because it sounds like they're bringing in a few more or a couple more or one more. I may have said too much. Snowbike Mike, let me ask you about a couple more studios here. We might have to run through some of these. Yeah. Uh, some don't take as, as much discussion, but um, let's see. I don't think it's going to be there. You know, it doesn't have anything ready. So let's talk about uh, crap. I mean, I feel like we talked about it so much. What are we going to see from Starfield? That, that's Let's give you a prediction. Like, what are we gonna Starfield's see from Starfield? making an appearance. So what are you expecting? So, Cole, that has been the fun one. And I think 
we've also talked about exclusivity to death, and it's also a conversation on the X cast of like we wanted to move past that, but I think we will get a very clear statement of exclusivity with Starfield, no matter what. And then we're going to get into what Starfield actually is, and that's what everybody wants to know. And I will continue to stick with, well, what has this team shown us? What is their track record and what it's going to look like? And so I do believe that it will be a Fallout and or Elder Scrolls in space with some added layers to really elevate what that engine can do with that little repurpose. And of course, how to keep it fresh, how to keep it fun, because Obsidian just came out with Outer Worlds and it was a ton of fun with a lot of color. And that's not what Elder Scrolls and, you know, Fallout are really known for, which is a lot of color and wildness. So (laughs) I think what they'll do is they'll probably add, like we've seen, ship and flying mechanics. You'll probably be able to customize things. But for me personally, here's your track record. This is what I expect. Elder Scrolls and uh, Fallout in space. Skyrim with laser guns. Is that what you're telling the people? Uh, (laughs) Imagine what Outer Worlds is going to be. I think that's what Starfield's about to be, folks. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Outer Worlds, but it's kind of a, it's a pared down version of a Bethesda game. And, uh, but they're also under a smaller budget. So the second Outer Worlds should be something big, but I, uh, I think people are going to be really excited about Starfield. We don't, we haven't seen anything, but I am one of those people that say, Bethesda hasn't just made Fallout 76. That was a cash grab. They're not super happy about it, even though it has its own success. I look at the pedigree like you do, Mike. They've made amazing games for well over a decade or two decades, and I'm expecting us to be pretty happy with what Starfield is. Uh, I'm expecting to see some gameplay. Are you? Yes, I'm definitely. I'm expecting a Todd Howard deep dive, actually. When you break down the 90 minutes, and I know, Colt, it's been tough for you and I here and on the Kind of Funny X cast, when you look at 23 Studios and you actually want to talk about them in a podcast, that takes hours to do. But I think <laughs> when we break down 90 minutes and what we thought was going to be here, what's not going to be here, I think there's a lot of time here and a lot of empty space where I might look at Todd and be like, do you want to do a deep dive, Todd? Because this is like the hottest game right now that's going to be having a lot of question marks. You want to come out and do it? And I'd let him do it if he wants to. Okay, okay, okay. Let me go back to Everwild. I missed a super chat that was actually, uh, oh, they're all really good. But this one, uh, imagine if Everwild was a rhythm-based RPG, turn-based combat and healing. That sounds very JRPG, doesn't it? You're a, you're a wild man or woman who ever put that in there. You're nuts. <laughs> that, was, that was from Psychopoetic uh, X Initiative. And I'm pretty oh, sure shit. I nailed that name. I, I think I, you nailed it. I love the names that we give ourselves online. I, I love it. I love seeing people come up with interesting names uh, that just hit like that. That's a great one. All right. What else is on our list? We're, there's, there's too many studios. If it's 23 studios, Mike, we'll be here forever, but we've got, um, Oh, we've got playground games. We, we, we briefly touched on playground games. I think we had a pretty in-depth discussion about this on X cast. Fable won't be there, but I have an idea of what they should do anyway. Do you want me to say it real quick? Say it for me, Cole, because I, I know what you're going to say, and I want it. Tell me. I think Fable doesn't have gameplay ready, so I think they should have put their team ready to build an environmental fly-through of the world and say, footage in-engine on Xbox Series X and fly through the different new world that we'll be playing in and change the seasons as you fly through and say, we can't wait you, wait for you to experience and build your cre- your character in the new Albion or whatever they call it and have like a one or two minute fly through and say, Fable, coming soon. And just give people that proof of concept and that 
faith that Fable is going to look great and feel great. What do you want to see from Fable? Holt, you said it best right there. I totally agree with you. I don't think we're at uh, gameplay type level. And if we were, it'd be very, very pre-alpha stuff. And they'd be like, don't judge us for this. It's going to change in two years. Don't do this, right? But yeah. I am, like we talked about, I'm a sucker for any sort of CGI trailer. I know it's not representative of what the actual game will be. But when you announce a game three or four years out, I want you yeah. to keep me tantalized. Keep me on the hook. And Fable is the biggest deal. And so... Like you just described, Colt, I would be over the moon for that. If you gave me a funny trailer with some kids out by a castle making dumb jokes, just like in <laughs> Fable 1 through 3, I would yeah. be over the moon for that as well. So, yeah, I don't think we'll see it, but I'd love to see it. And especially now with the rumor of Forza, 5, uh, Forza Horizon 5 possibly taking the stage, I think Playground has that mixture of, don't worry, we're there, but we're not there with what you want to see, you know? Yeah, they're amazing. And, you know, like, everybody here in the chat, there's, there was uh, up to 1,600 people listening and watching live. Uh, all of us, we know about Fable, like, right? But there's the, you said this on your show uh, over the weekend, you said that not everybody is so in tune that may know that Fable either exists or when Fable is supposed to happen. And uh, you kind of have to approach the world like, hey, we're making this game and hey, here it is again. And, uh, you know, Gary Witta, your great uh, co-host said, you have to be careful where you don't just kind of give people, uh, you don't give them like the showing of the game. You can't trail them along with CGI, but he kind of came to the understanding with us that you show them a little bit of something that's in engine and it can go a long way to make people happy and get them excited again. And Xbox needs to do that more often. Uh, okay. There's a couple of littler studios. Uh, compulsion is working on, uh, I'll ask you if you've even heard, cause I don't know much about this. Do you know what compulsion is working on the we happy few team? I have under my compulsion games category in all capital letters, still unknown because I have no <laughs> idea what they're doing. And I am so ready to see what they're doing. This is one of those studios where you circle it with a big old green highlighter and say, I'm excited for what compulsion mm -hmm. games is going to do in this under this umbrella with this team. And what are they making? What are they going to tease to me? And so I have no idea what they're doing. And I'm really excited. No matter what they do, I want to see that logo. I want to see that team studio name up on the board. So I don't know if we're going to see Compulsion make an appearance at this E3, but they, the, the developer, two of their developers met with the Iron Lords podcast. They're amazing, those guys. The, 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 the team and the podcast. Um, they are working on a third-person action-adventure game. So for those of you who want to see some third-person from Xbox, uh, this is it. And uh, remember that Compulsion worked uh, crowdfunded for We Happy Few. Gearbox came in in the ninth inning and provided the final publishing uh, funding to get We Happy Few out the door. So you can see how it was missing some things. Did you play We Happy Few? It kind of has that Bioshock vibe. Uh, I did I did play We Happy Few. I really enjoyed that, and that kind of is that vibe we were talking about with Project Omen and the vampires, mm -hmm. right? I could see that kind of fun vibe, that look to it for sure would actually make for a fun kind of vampire game. But We Happy Few was a fun one there. Definitely kind of mixed reviews again when we talked about it right down the middle of the scale. But that is what I'm excited for. It's like, here's that Microsoft funding. Here's that backing. Go do something weird because you know you can make it. And it's going to be really cool to see what they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody in the chat, a hardcore, hardcore Heineck said... Uh, Compulsion or Double Fine should make the new banjo. Uh, 
<laughs> so I am, I'm watching the chat as much as I can, but Mike and I are having this uh, in-depth conversation about all these games that we're going to be playing. But uh, Double Fine has said that they're not interested in working on Rare's games. And Rare said they're not interested in working on their old IPs. So uh, somebody's got to make Banjo, and somebody needs to do it so they can get off my case. Yes. Uh, I need Paris Lily to be happy again, right? Because Paris Lily, every single week, I can. it's like clockwork, everybody out there. I just know Paris Lily is going to yell, where's Banjo? And oh, to I hear that, Colt, it's so weird, right? Of like, you brought up Viva Pinata, right? So we yeah. talk about Banjo. We talk about my favorite Conkers back then. It's like, man, that's so weird that they don't want to do that. And then you look at teams, like you said, right? You point the finger of like, well, Tim Schaefer, why don't you bring the fun and you do yeah. this, right? And then you look over at Composer, you're like, well, why don't you do that? And they're like, I don't know, we're not doing that, you know? And so there's definitely some very talented developers out there that if that is true and we could really work out a deal, I would love to see a lot of teams get their hands on some older rare IPs that could really have some fun and make something cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paris in the chat goes, Banjo, I need it. <laughs> I have to appease him, Colt. It's a rule. I got to make sure he's happy. Uh, let me jump off of Xbox for a second off the topic. Uh, did you play Sackboy Adventure on the PS5, PS4? I did play Sackboy Adventure and I absolutely loved it, Colt. I love that. It's just charm, so much charm that it, it just blows up on the controller. I want that team to make the next Banjo. And the funny thing about that is people are like, why would a PlayStation team make the Banjo game? Well, that team, <laughs> this is the funniest. I don't know if you know this. The team that made Sackboy Big Adventure is called Sumo Digital, and they just made Crackdown 3 a couple of years ago. Did you know that? Yes, they did. Yes, they <laughs> did make that game. Is right. I know that is right, Colt. That's I funny. loved the Crackdown 3 campaign. I'm, I did too, Colt. I loved don't it. tell nobody because they'll yell at me, but don't tell anybody. I really well, enjoyed the, it. Don't the multiplayer me. like didn't. No, no. That multiplayer was not what we were promised. That, that was really crummy, but that campaign is a joy to play. It, it is um, really fun. It's Crackdown. I wish we had Terry Crews for longer to really go more in depth uh, with that character. But having Terry Crews voice that character and be that character is a huge win. Just, uh, you know, one of those games. But I had fun with it, Colt is right. Yeah, it's really good. So, yeah, if you want Banjo, tell Sumo Digital. They are really talented. They made Sonic Transform Racing. Mm-hmm. But we're not here to talk about Sumo Digital. They're an amazing team. They're out of the UK. They're absolutely phenomenal. Who is left on the – oh, man, we got – we got we t- we got Psychonauts too from Double Fine. Uh, I we I don't want to talk about that too much. People know that's a multiplat. They know it's going to be it's like the Tim Burton of uh, video games. Uh, are you excited for Psychonauts too? Heck yeah, heck yeah, yeah. Cole. This is going to be one of those where I know the hardcore fans are going to be really excited for what Tim and his team at Double Fine have done. They have an incredible lineage, but I think with Game Pass, this game now has a really great chance to maybe break through with something fun and exciting in that kind of family-friendly console platformer that we always talk about, right? And on Game Pass, now people can look at it and be like, you know what? I'm not afraid to try it. And I really am excited about that. And this is going to be a good one for us because we're going to come hot off of the heels of Ratchet and Clank. We've been looking at yeah, Super Lucky's yeah. Tale. We've been looking at Sackboy. And we're always looking for that next fun one. And I think this could be a really exciting game. Oh, and, we, and we've got, like, Jack Black doing the drum the depths of your soul. You know, we Anything got, like, that. Jack Black is in as good. You know that. Yeah, he's, he's right. going to do, like, a, he's, he's got that song. Hopefully that's, like, in-game or something. But Jack Black's amazing. Uh, give us a Brutal Legend game. Why not, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gen, uh, Gen American says, 
Are you suggesting that Sumo Digital be bought by Microsoft? Uh, no, but work with them again. Hopefully that experience working with Crackdown wasn't like a, a stressful one for them, like didn't hurt the, the relationship because they've worked with all kinds of teams. Sumo Digital's worked with other publishers, but yeah, that was probably a tough experience. They had to hold out for a while and redo some stuff. Let's see. We've got, uh, we talked about the initiative with Perfect Dark. We probably won't see that. Um, in Exile. <laughs> in Exile's working on something big. I, I've called this one. I'm not quite sure if I'm right on it. Um, and this super chat actually kind of points in the same direction. I don't even know what I should say, but Decimator X808 says, Colt, if it's not like Fallout in space, I'm disowning my kids, which is translation. Oh. With, I'm not buying them McDonald's tonight. That's what he means. Okay, okay, okay. No happy meals. <laughs> right, right. No happy meals if it's not Fallout in space. Uh, I, I was getting the impression that In Exile might be taking over the Fallout franchise, but I th- I'm, let's just pretend I'm making that up. What do you think about that? Okay, so let's let's rewind that. That would be really <laughs> exciting, Colt. Like I, I watched your latest video. I know you were teasing a fallout from a different studio that we weren't expecting. And from what I had gathered over the months of watching in Exile and what they were doing right after Wasteland 3, there was the rumor and tease of a steampunk first-person shooter RPG. And then of course they tweeted out at Xbox, like, what game are you playing or what are you most excited for? And they were like, first person. RPG first person shooter RPG. And so I, I don't know if it would be a fallout or something completely different, but if it is a fallout, I get feelings of new Vegas again, Colt. And I love that, oh, right? I want love more it. fallout all the time. And yeah, fallout 76 might not be for all people, but I actually really enjoyed fallout 76. I actually enjoy the fallout world. And so more teams yes. working on that, the better, because we know that the true team that makes those fallout under skulls games, now they're on Starfield to the list, and those games seem to be five years, decades in between each cycle. And you know, when you think about those mainline yes. games, you would always love one to just slide in there and keep it fresh, keep it fun. And so, yeah, if that's true, Colt, or if that just comes to fruition, I'd love that idea. Yeah, I'm with you because I think about if Bethesda Softworks makes the next, if they make Fallout 5, we're not seeing it until 2028, 2030 or something. It's like, I don't want to wait that long. Uh, but, and then, also, if you think of in exile doing, because they have like the roots, like they're the original Fallout creators and Wasteland, like that's that was like their baby. So they could make something really incredible, and they've hired some big people for first person combat uh, de- designers. So that could be really good. I don't know if it's true at this point. Like we can spitball, we can give predictions, we hear weird things. Uh, I hope in exile is working on this steampunk game. Or this post-apocalyptic game, I hope it's absolutely phenomenal. I don't think we're going to see anything this E3. Um, one more, one more studio as we as we round up here. Uh, Undead Labs is working on State of Decay Three. How far out is it? Definitely not this year. Um, maybe next holiday, but probably a little bit longer than that. Uh, we saw the CGI trailer. It's going to be a question of what do they do, Colt. Right? Yeah. Are they just going to stick in what we've seen with that kind of world, that engine, and that gameplay circle that we've done so many times? I think of State of Decay, and I think of one kind of wowed us. I liked that base building, ultimate survival, a little bit of hack and slash with some ranged combat. And I think people were like, okay, this is kind of fun. And then number two, they were like, hey, what if we added multiplayer to the mix and we made it bigger and a little bit cooler? Oh, thank like, goodness eh. they did. Exactly. They were like, okay, kind of. And, you know, the bugs kind of hampered it down and people were in and out of it. But 
I think of where we're at now. And if you gave me State of Decay 3 and it was the same as 1 and 2, just in a different area and a small couple of things built on top of that, I think you could have a faster turnaround time. For me yeah. personally, Colt, yeah. it's funny. Me and Miles and Gary and Paris talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We brought up Dead Rising and how special yes. that game is to us, that franchise and that feel. And I think, well, why couldn't State of Decay do that? Why couldn't they maybe take a turn and continue to keep that base building, uh, you know, economy type building gameplay, but make it a little bit different. Give that gameplay loop something fresh, something different, because I think that's what's kind of missing. Because there's this vibe where it's like State of the Case fun, but it's not perfect. And I don't want to play it all the time. And I like some other it, things. It can, we'll see. It can be a chore. Yeah. And, you know, the base building, you basically plop down. Plop, that's not a real word. You, you drop down the different things in your base. It's kind of preset. You can put it here or there. You don't really get to build your settlement up like you would in other games. And when you bring up Dead Rising, I'm a huge fan. I know people don't, some people don't like that game. I, I even like four a lot. Big smile on my face playing four because it was so goofy. Yeah. But in Dead Rising, you charge into the horde with your great weapons and slice and dice. In State of Decay, you're like, oh crap, here comes three zombies. I am in big trouble. Uh, I, li- I like both games. I, I really do. I hope that uh, that team has doubled in size. They're like 150 uh, people on staff. They say now they're they're pushing for a AAA budget and AAA experience. So uh, I'll ask you this really quick before we move on. With State of Decay, you know, when you think of that multiplayer, you also think about the base building and like you would come into my world and it would only affect mm-hmm. my world. Could we make something like a Rust or an Ark where it is that living breathing open world all the time and i got my base over here and you could raid it or we could become friends and make trade stuff like could we see more of an mmo open world scenario coming out of this team or that's that a, too far off to think of that that actually sounds like a really good prediction mike more than like could we see right um smaller studios have done that so that could be the thing that's missing because it, you can jump into your friend's game and then you have to jump out and your gear stays in that world so that could really, because people invest their time in these games. And if you invest your time with your friend, you may stay in their game state and come back and forth. And you can feel like you're building up your character. So ooh, why don't you send them an email and tell them to uh, let them know that. Call me up. It's right. <laughs> um, so it's been three years. I had to count on my fingers while you were talking. Uh, state, <laughs> state of K2 came out three years ago. So to expect to see the game. Uh, gameplay shown after four year cycle or three year not yeah you're right probably not going to see it this year hopefully we see something next year and the game comes out like the chat said 2022 2023 maybe 24 uh that's crazy um so like i said there's xbox game studios the publishing which is going to work on a bunch of games that we can't that those are the surprise those are part of the surprises that we won't see. Uh, if you're just joining us toward the tail end here, we'll run a little bit over, which is okay. Cause Mike and I are having a good time. Uh, we had 15, over 1500 people watching. You're watching us live, uh, Colt Eastwood on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on your headphones, that's because we're on Spotify, Google podcasts, pocket casts, uh, Apple podcasts, and some other names that I haven't checked out, but thank you for supporting us. Uh, Mike, as we get out of here, uh, tell people a little bit about uh, where you're going and what your plans are for this next crazy six days. Oh, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Colt. I really had a blast with you and the Xbox community in the live chat. And 
Of course, I watch a lot of Colt Eastwood con content, so I'm excited to see you all in the comments later and on the next couple of videos during E3. But of course, I'm Snowbike Mike, aka Mike Howard. You can catch me live each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, over at Kind of Funny Games on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, where I host all of their afternoon content. We play games, we hang out with our community, and we have fun. That's the main goal of gaming is to have a good time. And of course, I am one of the hosts over at the Kind of Funny Xcast. We post each and every Saturday. We talk all things Xbox. They're kind of funny. We bring a little bit of green into that really heavy <laughs> PlayStation Blue team. And I think they really appreciate that. So it is always fun to talk Xbox over there. I'm a big Twitch streamer. You can catch me live each and every night. I just love playing games with my friends over on twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike. And I had a really good time getting to hang out with D. Colt Eastwood, somebody that I admire, somebody I respect, and somebody I really enjoy watching and hanging out with. So thank you, Colt, for having me. And thanks to the chat for keeping it lively, keeping it positive, and enjoying talking about games because it was really awesome to celebrate with you guys. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's all smiles. There's a lot to look forward to, and, and there's been some patches there where, where Xbox wasn't making games, but holy smokes, are they busy right now. Uh, Mario T says, big fan of Snowbike Mike. Keep up the great wor work and great show, Cole Eastwood. And uh, let's see, we got uh, Hargeet Chani says, should Xbox just create or buy a couple of studios that work on remasters or older IPs? Uh, remasters of older Elder Scrolls, rare IPs, etc. We kind of covered that a little bit. Um, if you look at the breadth of studios, I don't know if you've done this, Mike, but half of the teams are working on existing franchises and the other half are working on brand new IPs. Have you noticed this? I have noticed that, Colton. To that question, I am all for remaking, remastering, and trying to bring back the past into the present day because... An old game isn't old. An old game is a great game. Mm -hmm. That's a good friend of mine, Sean Capri, said that. But That's I also, <laughs> exactly, Cole, thank you. I'm also, though, one that is like Paris Lily, where if I were to purchase you and bring you under the umbrella, I want you to create what you want to create, right? I want to see new and innovative ways. I want to see you have fun in what you're creating. So if a team came up to me and said, yeah, we want to do that, sure, we could do that. But in all honesty, I wouldn't wouldn't ever look at somebody and be like yo we're doing this just for this i want them to have fun and make a cool game yeah and you, you've noticed that some studios are get commissioned to do remasters and they've never worked on the game but they get the code and they get the instructions and they build remasters i've seen that quite a bit so i would champion for if you want to see those games uh hopefully other studios these smaller studios can actually do that without acquiring them like just contract them yeah. and i think xbox is about doing a lot more of that contract and commission to make games because their teams are super busy and uh, all that stuff's about to come out so um yeah uh if you are here we are closing up this is colt eastwood uh, at colt eastwood at twitter you can follow me there where i'm talking about games every day and trying to keep a smile on my face there's a lot to be excited about i'm here with snowbike mike of kind of funny x cast uh, we talked about the whole breadth, if you missed it, of what Xbox is working on in the last half of the show. In the first half, we talked about what I would call some spicy nuggets of information about what is coming that is supposed to surprise and shock us. So uh, thanks for being on Snowbike, Mike. I really appreciate it. It's been super fun. Spicy, spicy, spicy. Uh, say goodbye. Wave to everybody. The chat. You guys are all awesome. Thanks for stopping by and and talking with us and we really appreciate it and uh we'll see you next week and we'll see you sunday in the chat for xbox's big e3 event with bethesda have a good one